0: You know what? I'm going to get a gla- glass of water, because that seems like a good thing to do before we start. Are you recording? I am recording. Alright. So I will have footage of me very far away, but still possible, <laughs> getting a glass of water.
1: Whereas I was prepared.
0: Already had water. Some nice water.
1: Oh, good old glass of water. I bloody love water, me. Oh, get, love me go get <laughs> out. I'll get totally smashed off water at the weekends. Drink like six pints of water. <laughs> get a right old mess.
0: It's been... <sighs> Wait, has it only been a week since we put out the last one?
1: Um, uh, Maybe two. It feels I, I longer. Yeah, a lot's happened it's um it's been an exciting couple of weeks um i should say like the thing that i'm feeling like the most recent happening that i'm feeling very currently is i have broken myself
0: what did you do jake what happened
1: well okay i think we talked about it on the show before but i've been playing a lot of beat saber that's been my sort of lockdown exercise slash entertainment it's a good game it's a very good game absolutely love it um Last week I I don't know, slightly damaged my shoulder playing it. Um <laughs> I still got a high score, but then I was like, Oh, I think I've done it. Hashtag an worth it. It was totally worth it. <laughs> um but then and I thought, well, okay, I better lay off it for a bit because, you know, certain bits of it are hurting. Um so I laid off it until this morning. Um and so there was I'd lost all of my high scores to um uh, Francis Berryman, who we, we mentioned on the last show. I
0: actually. have a notification that she beat one of my high scores as well. I was deeply upset.
1: Mm, so I've been waiting for a few days until I was better to get that high score back, and I did that this morning, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm feeling great. My Beat Saber days are back. So I just went to play one of the well, actually one of the levels that's not that hard but it's a bit longer. It's like a six minute level. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who, who doesn't know, Beat Saber is like a, it's sort of essentially a dancing game, but you there's lightsabers involved. Well, like, as a man, you feel I, fine. <laughs> I, I, I usually
0: say it's Guitar Hero, but with lightsabers.
1: Yes, that is a good way of describing it. <laughs> um, And just like on a particularly easy bit of the level. um, Did we get cocky? Something... Did we get a bit extravagant? Oh, I, I didn't feel like I was, but something no. in my back just made an almighty crunch pop sound. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Um, and doesn't feel particularly great, and I so I took all of the kit off, you know, plugged it back into charge, and then as I walked through back through to the kitchen, um, you know the scene on Terminator Two where the T One Thousand is like freezing and he's just sort of getting slower and slower moving, and then his leg comes off and he sort of falls over. <laughs> now, here's an I,
0: was... I have to admit I've never seen Terminator.
1: What Terminator and, Two is oh, is extraordinary. Any of
0: them, it seems like something I need to catch up on at some point. Oh,
1: Term- Terminator Two is a very good one. Um, okay, and it, Noted. it stands up. To, it stands up to time. It's uh oh. I mean that's a yeah, yeah, big yeah, endorsement. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, it's a good movie. But okay, anyway, I just sort of slowly um, froze, uh, and then kind of collapsed to the floor and couldn't get up for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> and even then, it was a struggle. I could barely move, mate. Like everything hurts. Like I've done, I've done myself a serious injury. I don't really know what to do. I'm sat at the desk now in a, a moderate to high amount of pain. <laughs> so so uh, that that does remind me of
0: like I I had something similar once where we had a a like a, a team summer party and one of the little um, amusement stands they had was a, a, a ring the bell. Test your strength, kind of game, but you use this massive sledgehammer, and you have to hit this this device that shoots a ball up into the air. And if it hits the bell, you win. And classic, classic it, theme park kind exactly. of circus game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and it is, I think, virtually almost virtually impossible to actually hit it. You have to like there's trickery involved. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so obviously this was evening time, and I wasn't like warmed up for physical engagement of any sorts. And so I took this hammer that was extremely heavy, and I think it needs to be for this game, and I just swung it three times because that's how many attempts you get. But if you imagine you have this massive weight behind you and you kind of like throw it from your back over your head onto the front and do that three times in a row, your back muscles might go, you know what, mate? Not used to this. Yeah. I um, I was fine on the evening. It was all good. Went home, went to sleep, got up the next morning, or rather I should say I tried to get up next morning (laughs) and it just did like my back did not function i actually felt like an 80 year old i had to to balance my upper body perfectly above my hips if i tilted any way ever so slightly i would get the shooting pain and just curl
1: up in a ball on the floor and 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 cry and i that is very similar to how i feel right right now i I nearly had to get jen to dress me this (laughs) this morning (laughs) it's 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 a it's a very
0: eye-opening experience it's like a little glimpse into your own future i felt like
1: yeah it's it's weird because i've got i've got actually quite a lot of freedom of movement it there's there's there isn't like a particular thing that i can't do it's just i can't do it fast and, and <laughs> if, like i you know sitting perfectly still like just natural movement i'll like move slightly in one direction and it's just incredible shooting pain but if i sort of slowly bend around i mean it's pretty painful but there's no there's no point where it's like oh i can't do that anymore but it's just uh, uh, anyway yes i feel i feel like this is this is old this is me getting old now um but maybe this is what athletes feel like because like my you know for the first time like my beat saber game is is down uh, i'm worried about training for the next uh championship <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's um of course this is how tennis players must feel like yeah so i don't know what i'm gonna do in lockdown i'm worried now that i'm going to put on yeah a lot you're, of gonna, you're gonna I, you're gonna lose your lead all your
0: friends are gonna rush past you on the high score leaderboards
1: i know and you'll be and left like, behind well my other exercise as well is uh I, i've got like a little fold away rowing machine and that's been sort of keeping me healthy but it feels like now i'm just well, I've been out for a week already because my shoulder was bad, and now I feel like I've just put myself out for another two weeks. So, um, with with lockdown, you know, not getting a lot of normal exercise anyway, I've, I'm probably going to double in weight by the next podcast. So, I mean, the uh... obvious solution is is
0: to what I, my family did with uh, Wii bowling, where you just repurpose the game to play it while lying down on the couch. And I actually think we'd say, but
1: poses an interesting challenge. To make that work, yeah, I, it's very, it's possible. I, so, wait, uh, for a second there, I thought you were going to say the answer is clear: just eat less, which I am <laughs> not doing because, like, it's the one thing I'm enjoying right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, same. Like, I, if I had to give up eating, out, just be absolutely miserable. That yeah. that would not not be happening. Uh, but yes, the, 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 one of the reasons we, well, the reason that we missed a podcast out is uh, is due to my stupid cat because. Uh, I guess this time last week, uh, or certainly on a Tuesday, which I think is when we were um, uh, planning to record, uh, I had become convinced that my cat was dead. Um, and so I was very sad. And uh, so I didn't much feel like doing a podcast. Because at that point, he'd been missing. Yeah, not only that, you took the entire web development community with you on the journey. Yes, yes, I did. Well, so, so he went missing on the... well. He didn't come back on the Thursday evening, which is not, it's unusual, but not unheard of. Uh, But then when he was not there on the Friday, it was a bit like, oh, it's getting a bit weird. Didn't see him all Friday. And then he wasn't there Saturday morning. um, And that's when we were really worried. And that's when I started tweeting about it. Because, you know, I don't know, it seemed like something to do. Um, (laughs) That seems like the reasonable option. Oh, I don't know, man. Sometimes just writing about it helps, you know. To be fair, I think uh...
0: I think it, it can be quite cathartic. And it's not like
1: you're not warning people. Your profile tree says no thought goes unpublished. Yes, exactly. It was on brand. Um and people were lovely about it. Like there was a lot of stories about people's cats going missing for like years and just spontaneously returning and all of that sort of stuff. But the the thing that really oh that was really horrible about it is like um I have I have this little call. Uh, that I've trained the cats to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it goes like this: like that. Um, it's a sound that travels quite a long way without being annoying to other people. I'm not like shouting. Then, <laughs> Kimmy, Kimmy, uh, come back, <laughs> Kimmy, please come back. Uh, it, so, I I made that sound from. Um, a bedroom window. So, so a bedroom backs onto a, a cemetery, and next to the cemetery is uh, some woods. So, just you know, quite a lot of green greenery. You live next uh, to a cemetery. House. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, back backing onto a cemetery. So that's that's why my life now. I'm just going to slowly crawl down the garden and just <laughs> pop myself in the cemetery when it's all done. Um, but yeah. So I made that noise, and I thought I heard him meowing. Um but he's got this this is part of the problem. He's got a terrible meow. Like his brother is the meower, he is the purrer. Purring, not useful right now. <laughs> so we were lying. I mean unless it's like really loud, it's not useful. It is a it's quite a loud purr, but not that loud. But yeah, this this was the I once I heard him meow, I was like Kimmy, I'm coming to find you and I ran down well, I got dressed, ran downstairs. Um I think got I my dress boots first. I know, I felt like, I didn't want to get dressed first, but I thought it was its the done thing. Streaking uh, got my across the out. cemetery could be newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I, I put my boots on and like, pulled the, you know, pulled the laces to tie them. The lace snapped. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, what? what if, why, why? Why now? Well, okay. Um, so I kind of had like, one boot without laces, one with laces, and uh, I just kind of went, sort of, well, first shouting in um in the back garden to see if I could still hear him. I couldn't really hear. I thought I heard something, but it was faint. I kind of leaned over into the neighbor's garden to see if I could hear him in their shed or whatever, and at this point, the neighbor's cat, who hates me, I don't know why this other cat just really hates me uh ran up the the wooden fence uh and to hiss in my face and this was like a like a horror movie moment cuz like obviously i i had no warning this was happening i just all of a sudden had a cat swipe at me and hiss at me um so obviously my heart rate trebled um but yeah like we uh i i heard some more meowing i finally sort of in in the woods got to this particular area where i felt like the meows were coming from and then he just stopped um and then uh you know so i had to give up Next day, went out to the same area. Heard a couple of faint meows, and then it stopped. And then that was it for like a couple of days. We didn't hear any more meowings. and I was just sort of become obsessed with this idea of like, well, I knew roughly where the cat was, couldn't find it, and did I just hear? Did I just hear him slowly die? You know, <laughs> and that was so... which is yeah, that that's a very heartbreaking thought. So it was quite quite sad for a couple of days there, um, and we we sort of gave up um we grieved uh it was really rough uh even just things like uh feeding because it, it, we got two cats so feeding the other one like I, you know to clean the bowls i took two bowls to the sink and then I, oh i only need to put one back down oh. oh that's sad and um and his brother was just sort of like going outside and sitting on the patio and just sort of looking towards the end of the garden and just sort of like he was waiting i mean obviously you're probably putting a lot of my emotion and reading that into this cat's actions but uh ugh um but I just i after we'd given up just out of self- torture really I did another call out from uh, the, my bedroom window and heard him again ran back to that same spot in the woods and he this time he actually kept meowing. And it turns out he was uh, up a tree like a massive cliche. <laughs> I want to say that's such a stereotype for a cat to get stuck in a tree. Yes, it was big well, one no, though. It, it managed like uh, twenty-five to thirty-five meters, I reckon. Wow! Um, I mean, I, I can. That's the thing. It's for
0: cats. I guess it's quite easy to get up a tree, but then because they can just literally hold on to the to the bark, right? They just hold on and just keep climbing yes. up, and it doesn't work quite the same way down.
1: Well this tree was also covered in vines as well, so and I think that that's the theme. Like the old Twitter he... spin-off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, so we reckon he managed to climb up that very easily, but shimmying down when there's vines because you have to go over and under them, uh yeah. I see. So I, I so we've got the the RSPCA um is the, the right people to call in this situation, but due to the virus, they closed at ten PM and it was now five past ten. <laughs> which is annoying. just just find him quicker Jake just uh, no t- I let him down um so I called uh, the fire brigade uh, but their number was closed I uh, I called the fire the, brigade's number was well they're non emergency number oh okay so I was just like, like sorry your emergency is outside our office hours <laughs> you're in a queue please wait till <laughs> 9 in the morning try not to burn to death um but yeah that I um so I, I called the local police number and they were like, has this cat committed a crime? Because that's really the business we're in. Like, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah the he cat hasn't... has abandoned me, which is a crime. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he's been very naughty because he's gone up a tree and he's worried us for days. Um and so I was like, Well, what do I do? I need to get a hold of the fire service, but they're not answering and they were like well, like, well dial nine nine nine. Uh which for people listening, that's the Emergency number in the UK in the same way nine one one is in in the US, or one one two in Germany. Yes, yes, and the, and a lot of Europe, I believe, it's one one two. Yeah, uh, which also works oh. in the UK. Fun fact. Oh. Um, I think it's just aliased. So, uh, yeah, I had to dial nine 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 for the first time in in my life. And oh, that, I I would be very uncomfortable with that. I was, I was, because like especially at school, they really drum it into you of like, you know, you don't prank call nine 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 because it could like cost people's lives and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I was like, yeah, and and when, when you dial nine nine nine, your phone does new and interesting things. Oh, um, oh, I don't think I've ever called the emergency number from my phone. Do tell. Yeah, it does. It enables like, uh, GPS tracking and all sorts. Like it, it's a different screen to you've ever seen before. Um, but also, like, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at it because they answer straight away. And it's just like, hello, what's I mean, your emergency? Uh,
0: my cat stuck up a tree. <laughs> so.
1: Well, it would be bad if they didn't
0: answer and just would, like, halt musing, like, did you know that water extinguishes fire? <laughs> uh,
1: have you tried our online FAQ? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the fire brigade, had to, they came out the next day because they didn't want to do anything in the dark, which but, is So you, you didn't get told off for calling that number for having a cat stuck in a tree. Well there was there was a, a moment of like you're supposed to call the RSPCA and I was like yeah but they're closed it's like no they're not it's like uh, they are is it no they and they wouldn't believe me for a while that this 24-hour service was not being 24-hour um <laughs> until they tried it themselves but um yeah they <clears throat> I mean the story's gone on long enough but really they um they they came the next day and with their rescue service, and apparently, because I was, you know, obviously guilty about calling out a, you know, fire service for this, but they they treat these things as uh, training because it's they've got a real goal, they've got a real problem, um, and they take it as their opportunity to sort of do what they would do if it was a child stuck up a tree or someone Aww. trapped in a building. Um, they do everything sort of by the book. It, uh, the idea is like, you know, if they need to be really quick. In a a human emergency, they can, you know, afford to break some of the rules and still be mostly safe. Um, yeah, just have practice, right? Exactly. So yes, they, they they couldn't get they couldn't get a ladder up. There was no road access. It was they 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 seemed to really enjoy it because it was a fun challenge for them. Uh, they had to just climb up the tree manually.
0: Wait, so they climbed up the tree and didn't just grab the cat.
1: They couldn't so the, the the cat went higher so this is apparently what they usually do is they will climb an adjacent tree that is hopefully higher, and then they cross over to the other tree so they're chasing the cat down ah, oh, that's just like trank dart the cat Well, yeah, I mean in retrospect that would be the well actually this is part of the problem is they didn't they couldn't see him oh uh, so they they were really doubtful that the cat was up there it was thankfully the the first uh, rescue folk, rescue folk, rescue person. The, the oh,
0: individual God. rescue folk.
1: The, the, the yeah, <laughs> the individual rescue person who, who arrived first did hear him. Uh, but from then on, he was not interested in making any more noise. So well done, Kimmy. Lot of, yeah, he d- just doesn't know how to save himself. But yeah, they tried heat cameras, but due to it being unusually sunny in England, it uh, was not working. Um, and and yeah, uh, they they did. Finally, catch sight of him, but he'd made his way higher up to a part of the tree that was not uh, accessible. Uh, what a clown. By, by human! I know. So they set up a trap for him, uh, pop some of the food in, because obviously quite hungry by this point. He'd been up there for five days. Wait, I thought um, they used
0: this for to practice what they would do with humans. Or would they do that with humans as well?
1: Yeah, they put some cat food in the box and wait for the child <laughs> just to get in there himself. <laughs> uh, well, I think with with, with a, a human child. Um, the child would would generally be somewhere that can be accessed by a person. Uh, I think uh, Kimmy had got himself onto a branch. But now we not... know,
0: if, if the kid is kind of stupid and just keeps climbing further up,
1: it will get the yeah. cat food. It's going <laughs> to have to eat cat food. Um, but the annoying thing is, like, I mean, it was heartbreaking to some extent just having to leave him up there for the night again. Um, but then, yeah, the next morning, um, About what? About four o'clock in the morning, uh, his brother was being annoying, so I went to let him out, and there he was at the door, as if nothing ever happened. Wait, like how? Why? That that's stupid, though. Yep. Well, and it's it's interesting because this is what the RSPCA said. They they said like, oh yeah, what will probably happen is you'll just get so hungry that he has to take some risks, um, and that's that you know so obviously he was not interested in the box um he doesn't like his cat box so i'm not entirely (laughs) surprised
0: i like how it's like i'd rather jump down 35 meters from a tree than
1: get the food that is right there in a safe box exactly exactly uh and well so maybe like seeing someone else in the tree helped the fact that they had to clear away some of the vines to get up there maybe that helped who knows but yes he just turned up (laughs) <laughs> and uh, not, you know, he, he walked in, ate a couple of biscuits and then wanted back out again. And I was like, no, <laughs> you are you staying, are staying in here forever. Yeah. Well, we actually only kept him in for about three or four hours. And then he was just looking too sad at the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's, um, yeah, he's he's fine. Absolutely. He's, he's, li- he's lighter than he was. And he was quite light anyway. But um, he's eating I mean, if you fine. don't eat for five days... That's that's a crash diet, isn't it? But then again, exactly. I think ca- cats are the kind of animals, even as bigger cats, they can actually do that quite easily. Yes, it's water that's a bigger problem, um, and so they they reckon he was probably surviving by licking the the morning dew off the leaves in the tree. That's amazing, and and that's enough for a cat to get by for a few days. So, yeah, so that's why. So I've now spent the whole of this podcast telling you why we didn't record a podcast last week (laughs) um yeah well i'm glad
0: that that that, that he's back and apparently that it there was no lasting physical damage although i guess the emotional scarring
1: (laughs) on your end oh yeah it took us a few days to get back to get back to normal um yeah and actually on that note one of the things that i did to try and get back to normal is i set myself a little coding challenge Ah. Um, and whether this is going to work explaining this via a podcast i don't know (laughs) but we'll give it a go um because i've been talking to you about this and i've set you this challenge as well you've been looking at some of uh, um other attempts at this which i i didn't fully understand there's a game in the uk called countdown i believe it originated in France actually but oh, really? uh, i don't i don't know if it's still going in France but this is like this is one of the longest running game shows in the UK um but they they have this maths round and in the maths round contestants pick some cards uh there's there's some of the cards are big numbers some of the cards are small numbers and they big pick... numbers are bigger than 10 small numbers uh, are smaller than 10 right uh so the big numbers are 10 50, 75, and 100. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, and 25 as well, I think. Um, and then the small numbers are 1 to 10. And and so they, they tend to pick like two or three of the big numbers and then the rest small numbers. And then the computer generates a number between 100 and 999. And then there's 30 seconds they're given to get to that number using the numbers they picked. So, like, you know, if the numbers are, like, 50 and 2 and 25 or whatever, so they can do things like, oh, well, 50 multiplied by the 2 plus the 25, like, yeah, just, just Yeah, and you can use all the, the four basic operations, right? Yes. Um, There's no exponentiation. Yeah, okay. I you mean, can't go c- negative and you can't go to a fraction, is the rule. I mean, you can if the end result is right. No, you can't. No. No. The rule of the game states you are not allowed to dip into negative numbers as part of your Well, if the
0: end result is correct, then I think you can phrase the exact same equation without going negative or into fractions just by setting parentheses quite a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So if you found a solution that, that with fractions, you can just
1: set parentheses to make it work without fractions, I'm pretty sure. Uh, fractions is less clear. Um, maybe. But negatives, yes, you could probably reorder it so you don't actually go into the negative. Um, but yes, so you, you can't end up with a 0. 0.5, you can't end up with a negative, but yes, it probably is just more uh, an issue of ordering than anything else. But yes, I set myself a little challenge of of writing a solver for this. Ah. And it's, um... So just to be clear, a... the, the the
0: target number is a random number and there is cases
1: where there actually is no solution, right? It's, it's rare, but it can happen. Yes. And in the, in the TV game, the person who gets closest uh, is the winner of the round. Um, obviously aiming for, for the actual, the same number. Um, yes. So it was just, it, it felt, it felt a bit like a Google interview question really of just like how, how to write a solver for this. Um, I, I will post my solution. Um, it will be interesting for, to see if people can come up with with uh, better ones. The way I got to it is, I, I think brute force is really the only sensible thing you can do.
0: Yeah, that's what I like in my head. I haven't written it down. Maybe I will. So we for the for the show notes. Um, but I was
1: gonna go with a brute force solution. Yes, and that's what I did as well. I um, the way I did it is, I I started by sorting. The cards into size order, descending. Mm -hmm. Um, And then essentially iterating through them, like, you know, so starting with the first card and the second card, the first card and the third card, the first card and the fourth card, the first card and the fifth card. And and, yeah, and then the second card and the third card, the second card, and just iterating through like that. Okay. My theory was by sorting them, I don't have to worry about uh, operations that can happen in a different order. Um, so I never need to think about the second card and the first card. I only have to think about the first card and the second card. Because for each of these, I'm going to try the four operations. Addition, mm-hmm. um, minification. Is that is that the word? That's not the word. Deduction, maybe, whatever. Reduc- yeah. uh, multiplication and division. But my reason for ordering them was that means I'm always taking a large number and deducting a smaller number or dividing by a smaller number. Because the other way around, you're going to end up with a negative number with uh, deduction, and you're going to end up with a number less than one for division. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then, so once I've done one of these operations with two of the cards, I kind of boil that down as, as as if it was a card itself. So yeah. I've turned two cards into one card, which is the the, the result of that number, and then just recurse. Pass it back through. You know, you could could write a reduce function for this. Shut up!
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're actually reducing the array to a number.
1: Yes, but well, no, because the return value is the written solution, right? Which I guess you could you could map in some way. But yes, Um, and I guess, and every time I'm doing this operation with two cards, I then check. Have I now hit the target? Because if I have, then done. You're done. You yeah. know, st- stop moving. Uh, I mean, it carries on the algorithm. Um, because the idea is to find the shortest solution. Uh, in in the game itself, it's not that. Right. It's um yeah. any any solution will do. But it- given that I'm brute forcing, I may as well find find the solution with the least number of moves. Um,
0: Did we um say that? you can use each number only once and you don't have to
1: use every number. Ah, I don't think we did make that clear, but that is that is absolutely a rule. So that's kind of why I was, like, taking these cards and sort of boiling them down um, and reducing them. Because, yes, when you use a number that you can only use it once. Um, and, yes, you don't need to use all of them either. It's like, the yeah, if the number's 100 and you've got the card 100... You're done in one move, so (laughs) just take that card. Um, But yeah, the the code for it is not that long in the end, uh, especially as it took me a lot of thinking about. uh, And I I thought it was going to be really complicated because of the number of permutations that parentheses introduce and that I was going to have to somehow find a way to do all of those parentheses, like all, all of the different combinations of that. But it seems like just by boiling each card down like two cards into one using an operation you just sort of get that for free yeah and that's that's
0: actually kind of the the approach that i had in my head that how you could describe this is you have the numbers and you're trying to generate all possible binary trees that you could use these numbers as leaves for and put operations in the nodes and that would basically give you all possible formulas you could build with this and the, the parentheses are almost implicit by the way the tree is shaped. And then we just evaluate the tree. And if it gives you the right number, you're like, cool, found a solution. And if not, you generate the next generated tree. The, the problem there is like, how do you iterate over all possible trees? Like, how do you codify that? But I, I, I had ideas for that. But it's, it's yeah. interesting because basically it's the that, that you did the same thing. You just kind of just you didn't generate a tree and evaluate it. You just kind of start at the leaves and work your way upwards and kind of implicitly end up with a tree, which actually I think
1: is quite elegant. So how how would it be done the other way around then? What you would start with the target and then... Yeah, so that's that's actually the...
0: So you sent me a solution written in C++ where you were like, I don't know, C++ enough to actually understand what's happening here. um. And so I took a look at that and that it is very much what i was roughly hatching i had obviously the person who wrote this probably encountered many things that i have not even thought about are problematic but i can basically try to, to walk you through it so the first thing that this person does is simply what you did it's they're sorting the array and mm-hmm. then they are basically creating each permutation of that array to like you did, like you started with one and two and one and three and one and four, they're just basically creating all possible permutations of this array and running the algorithm on each of these permutations to turn them into the different trees. So Mm -hmm. basically running the same code a couple of times. So basically the code is start and then this function that is called all values basically generates all possible values that can be formed with this list of numbers in that order. Um, So it's given this array of numbers Mm-hmm. And then it goes through this array and decides where to cut this array in half. So at the start, it just turns the left half into one element and the right half and all the left ones and does its thing. And on the next step, it will turn the left two elements into one half and the rest into the other one. So it cu- cuts the, the array into two pieces at different points. So what's and the that... half
1: denoted by? Like, what's, what's the midpoint of this of this halving? Now, so you, you have your
0: array with numbers Mm-hmm. At the start, it's sorted, and then it starts permeating. But basically, you're given a list of numbers, and you're just basically going through all the places where you can make a cut in this array. You can have one element on the left and the other five on the right, or you can have two elements on the left and the other four on the right. And right. then what, what what they do is they then recursively call the same function on the subarrays, I and
1: see. now they have
0: all the values that can be formed with those subarrays, and then add, subtract, multiply, and divide all these possible values with each other. So that's kind of the, the top-down approach to the same problem.
1: Right, and then you just go up the tree to figure
0: out what you actually used. To so get... it, in, what, what it returns is a list. Like here are all, here's a list, a map basically, that maps from a value to a string. And the string is the written down version of that expression, the the, the written down formula. And so in the end, you just do, you get a map and you see if your target is in that map and if so the value will contain the string on how to achieve that value
1: right interesting okay so do do they do they lose like a early exit optimizations then because it is just yes they they do because they generate the entire tree regardless of
0: if they found a value early or not um
1: interesting huh
0: What's nice that. about this is that this would actually make be useful for the game because you could p- select your target value from the map. Like, you could actually make sure that the value is that it's a solvable problem.
1: Ah. If I were to implement the
0: game, you could actually just go through the map and pick a random entry in the map and be like, here, that's your target value, and I already know what the solution is because I figured it out that way. So I think that's actually quite interesting.
1: Nice. Yes, because I guess you would just dedupe all of the possible solutions and then pick yeah. at random from those. Oh, that is clever. You see, my yeah, my attitude to picking a a solvable one would just be pick a random number, put it through my algorithm, if it fails to come up with a solution, pick another random number, why not? <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: uh, I, fair, I think
1: that's completely viable for games like this because
0: we are talking about six numbers, the number of... Permut- I actually don't know how many formulas you you have with six numbers. I'm not quite sure how I would calculate that from the top of my head. But it is a small enough number that even just trying a couple of times will still be fast enough to give a good user experience, right? Like you don't need to do big optimizations and be super clever. Like the obvious solution where you just try a couple of times will be good enough for a game and nobody yeah.
1: would notice that you're cutting a corner, really. I like the tree pattern, though. That's very good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll post a link to the solution I came up with, and we'll post a link to the C++ as well. Yeah. Um, and it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting if anyone wants to put their... Um, see if they can come up with a better solution. It's, it's interesting because there's, there's a, a few um, optimizations you can make um, that I try to make. Like, once I've got a solution, I try to stop um if i'm working on another solution and it's overtaken it in the number of steps because it's like well it's not going to be a shorter solution um there are some interesting things you can avoid doing like that's like um, min
0: maxing right you can avoid descending a a search tree if you already know there's no way the that that part of the tree is
1: going to yield a better solution exactly and things like multiplying by one is the waste of a move dividing by one is a waste of a move um yeah, so you can kind of skip those, skip that part of the tree if you come to it. But yeah, I was, I had, it was, it, it kind of got my head back into coding after yeah a few days doing other things. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if people come up with uh, smarter solutions or, or faster solutions as well. Did you listen to the on music all the while you were coding? <laughs> well, so another thing I've been doing the past couple of weeks is is taking board games and making. Basic interfaces for them, um, that I can share a screen in like a, a video call and play remotely with other people. Um, yes, and yes, I did make the countdown music work. Um, <laughs> so this is the well, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. But categories is a is just a simple word game. It's there's not like a set of questions, well, there's a set of topics, but. You know, For the to German listeners,
0: it's basically Stadtlandfluss. Stadtlandfluss? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a German game called uh, City, Country, River where you choose a random letter by some means of random selection and then everybody in in the round has to write down a city, a country, a river and a couple of other things starting with that letter. And then right. if you get get it unique, you get more points. If you get it right, you get little bit
1: less points but still some points and if you don't get anything you get no points so it's very similar and so just on lockdown it's i guess the difference here is there's more topics like the topics are like something that smells or a reason for being late or that kind of thing um and you only get points for a unique answer and i guess and i don't know i don't know how this will play with the germans um but the (laughs) part part of the point of the game is that there isn't always necessarily a correct answer it becomes a debate oh dear (laughs) if if someone if you're yeah if you're going to give someone the answer if they've come up with something uh, particularly tenuous or whatever um but it's fun because you know if you give someone a hard time for one of their answers they will come down hard on you for (laughs) one of your tenuous answers later on i remember playing Shetland fluss that
0: german equivalent with my family back when i was a kid and I just remembered that every now and then I would make up random river names and just claim
1: there were a river in China. And, would me. <laughs> um, and now with uh, the internet on everyone's phones, that becomes a lot harder, doesn't it? So yeah, I haven't played it
0: since the era of smartphones. I... <laughs> My tactic doesn't work anymore, I'm afraid. Well, we're going to be playing it this evening, right? we have uh, We are going got... to be playing it this evening. And now I'm okay. terrified that we're just going to end up discussing because certain participants
1: are, I think, quite quite argue happy. Yes. <laughs> I'm rubbish <laughs> at the game, by the way. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Can you be get... good at the game? Some people just seem to be able to... My mind locks up when I'm given a letter and you've got a name a, a movie star beginning of that letter. It, I'm surprised at how my brain just decides to... It goes to... blank. I think, I think I'm in a similar yeah. camp, to be honest
0: yeah but yes oh, i did i've I, I
1: made music for it i did i got the the music from the, the countdown game show which is a 30 second piece of music uh, and cut it up and created loops so i could make arbitrarily long versions of that um <laughs> do you want to do you want to link to your blog post about this i do the blog post that <laughs> no one read <laughs> Um, but yes, it was basically taking what we did for Big Web Quiz, the music for Big Web Quiz, and just putting the countdown theme. In Honestly, instead. we have gotten good mileage out of the module that you wrote. It's just really,
0: it's the, your blog post is just a running <laughs> joke within the team now, and that you spend I don't know how long in, in
1: just apparently one of your least read articles. Yeah, I. It, not only in the amount of time I put into it, but the amount of pride I had in the result, <laughs> and just no, no one cared. <laughs> uh never mind. But yes, I'm, yeah, and I. I use it as an opportunity to... Well, I I just did the thing client-side. I used uh, Jason Miller's HTM library, which is um, not JSX. It uses template tags, but achieves the same thing. Um, And I also took it as an opportunity to use hooks. Uh, So I was using Preact rather than React, but the hooks are the same. And when I first heard about hooks, I was really, really unsure about them. It didn't really make sense to me, and the pitfalls seemed really dangerous. But now I've given it a go, I am now sure that these are terrible things and the pitfalls <laughs> are dreadful. And I, it's just reinventing... I, I I get the problem it's trying to solve. Like, in a standard React component, you can end up with a single piece of behavior that is split between uh, like your connect callback, your disconnect callback, and other places... And hooks do sort of bring that together. But I think it creates more problems than it solves. I, I, like... I So I haven't played with them myself,
0: but I find them unintuitive to read. And that's probably something that I would have to learn a bit more about how what the pattern is and how it works. But then there's this whole thing in that you can't use the hooks from within a callback or something or that you have to use them in the same order. And like it's like it's like really weird restrictions that are really not JavaScript idiomatic. And that just scares me.
1: Yeah, you end up using local variables for things that you would otherwise use instance things, be, be it an instance callback or uh, an instance value. And that's where all of the gotchas are, is that you'll end up in some callback Referring to an old value because you know, okay, you're within a render function right now, but you're actually four render functions ahead, um, and you're yeah, it just it's all of the callback uh, closure issues just come back to bite you in ways you don't expect, um, which is why there's all kinds of linter rules that you can get that try to stop you from hitting these footguns. Ugh, I just feel like there must be a better solution to this problem than than hooks because I, I think it creates more problems than it solves well
0: i'm I'm glad that you went on this journey so that I don't have to <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've, I feel like I've just spent this whole episode talking what have, What have you been up to How's it, how's ah, it going? I've, i I found an, an interesting JavaScript
0: little thing that i like I learned something new about JavaScript. Which, you know, at some point, you. Oft, I sometimes feel like I know quite a bit about JavaScript. I, I, I'm allowed to spend my time living in the deepest corners of specs and weird behavior. But then again, every now and then, things come along that I didn't know. So Comlink, I was working on Comlink. I was looking at an issue in Comlink more specifically. Um, you know, Comlink takes a class or a function or an object from a worker and pretends that it's available on the main thread like you would usually have it if you had normal threading in any other language and so one thing that comlink does is if you call that function on the main thread it invokes that function on the other side and gives a return value now we know yes. that in javascript returns there's not always a return value sometimes there's an exception and so what comlink does it always puts when it invokes this function on the worker side, it always puts in a try-catch block. And if a throw happens, it serializes the error, sends it back, and then rethrows on the other side, basically making the exception appear on the other other side. Right, which... and you
1: have to do this manually because errors are not structure-clonable.
0: Exactly. Right. So I'm, I'm basically, I'm catching the error, I'm ripping out the message and the stack, send that over, create a new error on the other side, assign the message and the stack, and rethrow it. That's literally what's happening under the hood there. Mm -hmm. Now, I made the assumption that whatever is thrown is an error. Ah, Um, it should be, but I I know that that um, I think all the native exceptions are in fact errors. Um, Yes, and it is definitely a best practice if you throw; it is an error. However, something that I didn't necessarily realize is or I didn't think about is that we live in the the day and age of promises and async functions where a rejected promise will turn into a throwing function if you use async await. Yes. And whatever value you reject with, that is now what is being thrown. And it is. there's lots of code out that is rejects with a string
1: or which is a number which is why there's like this this best practice with promises uh there's a, there's a really good uh guide to promises uh that i'll put in the show notes but it covers things like um rejection should be the equivalent of throw yeah like so you you don't use reject to mean no i didn't find the thing we, uh, in the last episode we were talking about like http responses and, and is it an yeah. error if if you can't find the thing you were looking for um as yeah, a lot of people with promises will, will reject, and it's no, no. It, it's a resolve because you successfully searched the thing and found nothing. Yeah, but if if, it's if, not if I exception. fetch
0: if I fetch something from a server and it returns 500, that's a resolved promise, just
1: with yes. a bad status code. Uh, but similarly, the rule is you should be rejecting promises with an error of sorts. Yes, but, yeah. Real world. Either way, happens.
0: it turns out JavaScript can throw things that are not errors. And I knew that, I kinda just didn't pay attention to it. But in mm. because I thought if you want to throw something that is not an error, you got no one but yourself to blame. But actually with async await functions, I I just can't justifiably take that stance. And so I added um a little bit of code to now be able to also re-throw primitives, strings, numbers, booleans. Um which made me switch from a weak set back to a symbol hack because you can't put primitives, can't use primitives as a key in a weak set. Before, I would basically put the thing that got thrown into the weak set, and later on in the code check, hey, is this actually something that should be thrown by checking if it's in the weak set? And that worked quite well. Um, right. So now I'm using symbols to just put a little expando on it or create my own object with an expando on, on it to distinguish. an object that is being thrown from an object I created with a marker on it and symbols are great for that. But you can't put a symbol on a string. No I'm I'm creating an object which has a value Ah. and is this a thrown thing symbol because I need to distinguish from this is an object that is returned from the function that happens to look like my wrapper or if it's actually something that the comlink library created and that's what what symbols R4 for for me. So I can mark an object as this is something I created rather than a value just happens to look like it. Gotcha. Um, And now what I learned in this instance is, or later on actually, because Felix F. Becker, who has been great in adding TypeScript, better typing to comlink on GitHub, pointed out to me that this would actually still misbehave in one case, which is when someone throws null People who throw null are bad <laughs> and sad but also I did not know that type of null what is type of null jake it is object type of null is object yes which this is which is which is absolutely frustrating because I'm basically doing is this object is this thing an object, and if so, put an expander on it or put my marker on it yes which if it's null, will throw, because now I'm trying to access null.
1: And, and so I, I hit this when writing a, a deep cloning algorithm and yes, sort of deciding whether something is a, a primitive or an object. Uh, that is the gotcha case. Um, I usually end up with a something beforehand that checks if, if it's falsy, then I can assume it's also a, primitive type you know or it's it's one of these things that uh, isn't an object
0: i actually just added a strict check for null if this is not null and type of object then do the thing that's um. fair <laughs> yeah yeah but, but why not <laughs> uh, that, I, I was like i was just sitting and going
1: like i did not know that type of null is object uh it's, it's yeah it goes in the uh, i mean there's does... a few hairy bits like a type of not a number is number um, <laughs> it's just yeah one of my favorites it's yeah. It's a really difficult thing to deal with. It, it, it feels like we need something better than type of. I feel um, like I was kind of you know how
0: array has is array. I feel like object should have a is object. That yes seems, seems almost like a nice counterpart. But
1: yes, which would be, yeah, I, I guess it's it, it would be true for everything that's type of object, uh, but but not null, null. Uh, not null. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess that's oh, it, really, isn't it? It's the only it kind of, other case. It, it,
0: it kind of reminds me of that there is two functions: the is not a number and the number that is not a number, which are not the same function and behave differently.
1: Yes, what is what's the difference? I can't i can't uh, remember. I've I've got a feeling that there's something to do with. I feel like infinity. I think I, uh, so. I, so
0: is not a number takes strings, for example. And will return true if that number is possible as a if the string is possible as a number I'm pretty sure or can can be casted to a number while number is not a number is just to check if that number that you've passed is in fact not a number like the 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 float state floats can have have a specific state for representing not a number like if you do the arc sign of 100 I think or something I think it returns not a number let me quickly chat. Yeah, so if you do right. a cos 100, that returns not a number. That is a floats, as I always have a specific pattern to represent this is not a number, which is for cases like this where the solution actually doesn't exist or other cases. Um, and I think number.is not a number only returns true if the number you passed in is that specific float that represents not a number.
1: Yeah. Fun- it's... The gl- I'm i lo- I've looked it up <laughs> I and, and you're right it is it's like so for uh number.isNaN the the input type has to be a number um interesting there you go and and, and the global isNaN if i pass
0: in the string 1 it will return false because it's it can be soft cast or it can be cast to a implicitly cast to a normal number and it turns out to be a number yes Isn't it great?
1: That is great. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, and uh, as I say, I will have to, if I ever see that in code, I will have to look it up every time to figure out which one we're actually dealing with. Um, Every time? Yeah. Uh, And I never quite get the reason for putting stuff on the number object versus the math object. As well, I guess uh, it's just random.
0: It's it's yeah. I think these are the kind of things where later on they were like, "Oh, we should have a system," and since then the system has been followed. But everything before that is just grandfathered in for compatibility's sake. And it's a hard problem, right? Like, what, what are you supposed to do? You can't. We we just can't break the web. It's really hard. That's one of the basic things that the web really does provide.
1: But yes, I, I, I guess I, I, I guess the idea is that anything that hangs off number only deals with numbers. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, oh, except parse float and parse int take a string. Oh, whatever. Who cares? JavaScript just made up. Wait, but parse int and parse float are not on number. They're globals. Um, they're also on number. Are they? So says MDN, which I'm looking at right now. They, oh, God,
0: <laughs> you're right. Yeah, they are. They are. Hey.
1: Watson hey. also deeply Watson unhappy. Stro-
0: strongly disagrees hey. with everything. It's, hey, <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. We've been recording for quite a bit, and we haven't even touched on what we usually categorize as longer topics. <laughs> yeah. So do do we save do we save them for save them yeah, for next week? We probably I, I should. Think, I think we save them. We're we're easing
1: back in into the podcasting yes. business. I think I only spent half an hour talking about my cat, so that's a new record. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll leave him out of the next episode and concentrate more on tech. I imagine. <laughs> But yeah, I'll see you later for the games night. Yeah, we will report back on if we are still friends or not in the next podcast. Absolutely. Um and I guess that will we'll try and we'll try and do that next week then. Yeah, that's that's the plan, isn't it? Yeah. Alright, well, well, well then all there is to say is Happy next time. Happy next time. Bye bye. <laughs>